I can already tell that the the pollen it is an early pollening taking place right now because I can already feel it in my voice. Well, it was eighty five degrees yesterday. I know. I mean, man. the trees are like in full bloom already. It's brutal. It's February, and I already got stuff blooming, man. I I don't know. Uh, well, I'll see if I can survive over the next couple of weeks with all the pollen. Regardless, um, I'm, I'm glad you're here, Brian. I, I might have planned this on purpose. <laughs> might have planned this on purpose to get you hanging out in the studio with us today. One of them was anticipated. The other was not because we did get a an interesting Friday news dump as it relates to college conference realignment. But we'll talk about that later. The reason why I wanted you in studio today because I anticipated we would have a new gambling bill to talk about. Buddy, it's 3.02 in the afternoon on Friday. Where's this gambling bill? The pollen made it before the gambling bill. Yes. Um, I have seen a draft of the legislation dated February 3rd, so I know they're working on this. Okay. Um, and I wrote a story. It's on WRL.com uh, about what's in the bill. And mm. I, what I can tell you is that it, it looks exactly the same as the bill that got voted down last year. Wait, was that the bill... Was that the bill that had carved out college gambling as well, or was that some sort of modification at the end as they were trying to find some sort of compromise? Yeah, the, the college sports got voted out as an amendment, a hostile amendment, on the floor of the House. Okay. So the supporters of the bill did not want that to happen. That happened last minute unexpectedly. Okay. No, this bill has college sports gambling back in. It allows you to use credit cards to fund your account, mm -hmm. which was a big debate last year. It also includes this very convoluted, um, complicated uh, formula for distributing the tax revenue that comes from it mm -hmm. that could lead to a boon for um, athletic departments at seven UNC colleges okay. across the state, um, mostly HBCUs. Um, so all that stuff is back in the bill, and it is just a matter of getting it officially through the process and filed. All right, so two questions uh, related to this. Brian Murphy, WRL.com investigative reporter, hanging out with us today on the OG. I'm Joe Ovias. Julio is out today. All right, so if it's basically the same bill from last year, why is it? Why is everybody optimistic it's going to pass this go-round? Well, I ran some numbers today. 30 people in the chamber are different. Okay. Right? 30 people are no longer there. Um, and I may be off by one or two, but the count that I got had 13 yes votes are not no longer there. 11 no votes are no longer there. And six people who didn't vote for whatever reason on that bill are no longer there. I've been told that the, the, the new composition of the House is more favorable. So that, that vote count would be more in favor of, and remember, you only need one, one additional vote yeah, really to get right, this thing passed. Right. So, but that the, the new members are, who tend to be a little younger than the members who left mm -hmm. are more open to legalized sports gambling than the members that have left. That's, that's the number one reason and probably the most important reason. The second reason is, as you just talked about, the process at the end was a mess. It was. Like, we didn't know what, I mean, I, I was sitting in the chamber. Stuff was coming out of the bill. Stuff was being et entered into the bill. It was really a crazy process. And I think a few members that may have been inclined to support it at the end were like, this is not how we do business here. Mm -hmm. um, let's take some time. Let's look at the bill. And so I know exactly what I'm voting on. And I think having that time for the for the pro sports teams to talk to them, for lobbyists to talk to them, for them to read the bill themselves has made some of them a little more comfortable with it. All right, this gets to the other question. If everybody's optimistic about this bill passing and it does pass, why the hell do I have to wait until next year's Super Bowl to place a bet? It's going to take time to get the regulatory framework up and running in the state. 
Um, this is not something where Roy Cooper is going to sign it, and the next day he's going to be placing a bet on the Hurricanes to win. Why the- <laughs> not, Brian? It takes some time. Maryland took almost two years to get it up and running. Other states have been a little quicker, but but that six to nine month time frame is what I've been told all along is it would take to get up and running. The lottery commission, who runs the lottery, as as you might think, is going to have to come up with a whole regulatory framework for this. That people are going to have to apply, not people. These operators are going to have to apply for licenses mm-hmm. in the state. There's only 12 of them. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a competition for these licenses. We'll see who partners with the Hurricanes or who partners with the Panthers to try to make sure they get moved up in that in that queue. Sure. Um, so they're going to have to award the licenses. they got to do background checks. They, th- there is a, a lot that goes into actually getting one of these licenses. Okay. Can we get one? Uh, you have to have experience in running You know this type of operation. I mean... <laughs> Does Chilio not know some people? I, I don't know what the back end tech guys look like here, but maybe they, <laughs> maybe the WRL sports book can pop up somewhere. I mean, I'm just asking, right? I mean, the, the reason why I ask that is because, as a company, for those who don't know, Capital Broadcasting owns 99.9 The Fan, and they also own the Durham Bulls. They also own, as a company, the real estate properties like American Tobacco and Rocky Mount Mills. So I'll use the Bulls as, a, as an example here. What's to stop us as a company from having a sports book operated out of the DBAP during the summer? Well, the first thing that's stopping us is the bill outlines places that can have a sports book mm-hmm. and AAA franchises are not on the list. Okay, Major League it. Baseball, NFL, NHL. I- interestingly, uh, an NWSL team. So they could put a sports book out at out at. Carrie's Wake, Wake Med Soccer Park. <laughs> I, I called them yesterday to see how interested they were, because given the clientele that attends NWSL games is slightly different, a little than, bit different. than a the little clientele bit different. that goes to Kane's games. But man, the degenerates that might start showing up now. <laughs> hey. Uh, but yeah, so there is a list of, of venues that are approved to have this. Uh, some golf tournaments, but they, they have criteria. Like, yeah. you have to draw 50, be expected to draw 50,000 fans. Okay. So that probably knocks out the, the SAS champion. Um, Although, if if people understand that they can gamble while they're at the SAS Championship, maybe they would get more people to come through. Right, but the bill would let you gamble. You can gamble on your phone at the SAS Championship anyhow. This would just be an actual physical physical place that you can go. Gotcha. Gotcha. um, And so... As popular as these sports books may be, the sports lounges I keep calling them, mm-hmm. and PNC Arena, you'll see the re- the, the renderings at PNC yeah, Arena them. all have a sports book. Mm-hmm. They'll be money makers for the location, but if you really want to gamble, if you're that desperate to gamble, you'll you can just phone. do it on your phone. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, for me, as somebody who does not gamble, it would be for the experience of it. Like if the the likely scenario that I gamble would be at a hockey game or at a college football game, and for lack of a better term, the micro-betting that has been controversial over the last couple of weeks. I know Bomani Jones, who we talked to and we'll talk to today, got viral because of his conversation with Jake Paul ahead of his fight, and he talked about Better, which is this micro-betting app that, you know, the the worry here is that all the young people who follow Jake Paul are going to be like, all right, well, what's this guy talking about now? Let me get into the app and start getting into wagering, which is a problem. And when you talk micro-betting, it's like, is the next pitch going to be a ball or a strike? Right. That, that, and that's what I would do. I would go to a game and like, all right, who's the next guy to score a goal? All right, I think it'll be Sebastian Ajo. If it pays for my beer, I'll be happy. Like, that's the level that I think the majority of people in this state will, will be. 
I don't I don't think it's going to be because here's and I'm sure you've done the research on this as well. And the thing that I and I look at it from our own business perspective, okay? Because to be completely upfront, as a as an employee of ninety nine nine the fan, and in my best interest to keep the lights on here at ninety nine nine the fan, sports wagering is crucial. All right. I can go back to the early days of FanDuel and DraftKings. They were spending so much money in customer acquisition that we actually bypassed some of our own company policies <laughs> to get both of them on the air at the same time because, hey, money. Sure. All right. Money is going to be the root of all of this. So, my understanding with most of BetMGM and Caesar Sportsbook and Barstool and everybody else, because they're owned by Penn National. There's only so much to the customer acquisition. A lot of these companies have actually started to dial back their buys because they've reached a saturation point in the markets that they've gone live. And that's why I kind of make this point that it's not it's not as big as some people want to make it out to be, but why would you want to leave that money on the table? So earlier in the week, I think it was Pricey Harrison had talked about, well, the revenue that you get from this isn't as great as you think it's going to be. Right, but that's revenue that's going to go to Virginia. That's revenue that's going to go to Kentucky. It's like, why would you allow it to leave the state? Also, you're comparing it to a place like Kansas, which is not the same population size as North Carolina, nor do they have the same amount of pro sports as we do here in North Carolina or sports in general. So there there are there are some some messaging errors I think. I just hope that people understand that the money is not going to be as crazy as you think it is over a long period of time because we've already started to see a pullback of customer acquisition. And and part of the reason you've seen that pullback is that states including Virginia mm-hmm. at the beginning said Whatever you spend on promotions and bonuses, you can write off. That's a tax sure. tax, tax deduction. And so they were like, well, okay, we're going to spend as let's, much let's as we possibly it. can. Yeah. States have gotten a little wiser and smarter and said, okay, after you've been operating for a year or two years, you can no longer deduct all of that hmm. promotional and, and bonus credits and all this stuff. And so in Virginia, for example, once they put that in, and that was about mid-year, you saw tax revenue double. Monthly tax revenue doubled because the the sites could no the operators could no longer write off millions and millions of dollars in promotions and acquisitions. If you look at the at the bill from last year, um, and and I've seen the draft legislation this year, there's a phase out of that. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, we will get hit with tons and tons of promotions, tons of of customer acquisition money, and then that will fade as established people in the market start to hit those hit those phase outs.